Welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gosowski. And with me tonight, as usual, is my co-host, Courtney Small. Courtney and I are going to dive into the world, the fabulous, magical, amazing world of Agnes Varda. Thanks to Clio, the magazine, Clio Journal, and people at TIFF. Uh, they've come together. Clio has organized a retrospective of Agnes Varda films. It starts tonight, and it runs for a few weeks. So, you know, uh, go to tiff.net and look up all the details. Basically, the program is called Radical Empathy, the films of Agnes Varda, and uh, the idea being that, you know, Agnes Varda, the time that she started making films, was just be- her first film was just before the boys at the Nouvelle Vague, the French New Wave, Truffaut, Godard, before they really started, uh, you know, gearing up and doing their thing, uh, there was there was Agnes. People call her the godmother of the Nouvelle Vague, but uh, really her and her husband Jacques Demy and other artists in France at the time were actually doing sort of a, a parallel type of movement um, referred to as the, the left bank group. That that's what they're called, and so it's it's different. It, it's a different kind of cinema, different concerns, different considerations. The the most uh, pressing sort of characteristic of Agnes Agnes Varda's work was this this kind of empathy, which you know is seen in a radical way, considering what everybody else was doing, and in this sort of what I see as this empathy towards her characters when she was she started with fiction so that you know this sort of fascination um and this this way of going through that fascination th- by a process in her her films that you see that later takes her into a process that that same process sort of magically transforms into uh, a vision for documentary filmmaking and and it's a guiding principle for her uh, you know, as she tries to get to know people or as she, in fiction, you know, uh, manipulates uh, the, the cinematic elements and t- gets us to get to know her characters. And so it, it's it's, it's an absolutely magical kind of, kind of uh, world that we enter into. And it, part of it is magical because it's so down to earth. It's, you know, pedestrian details of life that take on these these surprising elements you know in her hands in her the hands of her camera yeah it's it's i'm actually excited for this series because i'm one of those people that have heard the name agnes barda for years and you know heard nothing but praises but never actually dived into her film until recently until um faces places came out which was oscar nominated um recently so that was my first introduction to her and i've been eager to to catch up on her work, so this series is is just up my alley. Yes, exactly. I, I I don't know about the rest of you, but yeah, when I watched Faces Places, I I was so taken away uh, by by this this uh, this point of view that she had, uh, and this this playful style, and the fact that she she hooked up with a younger filmmaker, uh, not a filmmaker, sorry, a younger image maker. And uh, and the two of them uh, supported each other and riffed off of each other and found a way uh, not only to augment Agnes's cinema, but Agnes sort of learned from him as well. And so Faces Places is really uh, an examination. It's like it's this freestyle road trip, basically, to go and get to know people and, and have experience with people in their places, in their villages. You know, it's it, in French, it's... Uh, Oh, 
I, I shouldn't try and, and remember the French title of the film when I don't have it written in front of me. Oh, that's all right. Visa, ah, visage vi, Viage. That sounds about right. Yeah, Visage Viage, which is, you know, faces and villages, places, right? Yeah, and, the, and that film is, is playing as part of this retrospective. And one of the things I liked about Faces, Places, um, if, if we can start there and maybe work our sure, way backwards, if you is work your way back, yeah. it combines um, the theme of art, which we see, because the artist that she works with, JR, is taking these Polaroids and then doing basically pasting them large scale on buildings and portraits. But... Yeah, and that's what he's known for. He's yes. known for his photography, yeah. And, and the way he presents the photography. <laughs> exactly. And the, what I really enjoyed about that film is going. they're going around, you know, the countryside, various cities, and they're getting to know people and their stories. But the film brings you so much joy while also reminding you that every person has an interesting story. Mm-hmm. And especially you know, in this day and age where we're all – hooked up on social media and technology, we're always kind of seeing what other people are doing and the, you know, the illusion of the glorious life. You always think that, you know, your life is somewhat lacking. And she reminds you with that film that no, every single person has an interesting story. Your, your life is interesting. You are interesting. You are a fascinating individual. And she brings that joy, then talks a little bit about her own personal life. It's, it's a really wonderful film that puts you in a happy mood. I think that's the last film playing as, it is the last, this. yeah. So it it's, it's a good, one. joyful Hopefully way to Hopefully it'll end. precede like a little run or, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Did it run in Toronto? It, it played at the festival. I, yeah, I know it played at the festival. I'm not sure if it had a if it had a full run here or not. Well, um, if it didn't, I, I hope we see it again and again. I, I know I could watch that film. And the other thing, you know, what you're saying about Facebook and stuff, like we have this illusion of connectivity with with Facebook and with social media, uh, but it's not the same. It's not as, the same as it, you know going out there. And w- one of the lovely things about the film is that everything is driven by chance, or it appears to be. We know that they must have planned out a route or whatever, but that's not a concern when you're watching the film. It, it appears to be so easygoing and you know this spontaneous thing where it's like, okay, let's go here, let's go there, and it's the contact with each individual and their interactions. And the people, uh, you could see the the sort of surprise and then the joy that they get from their interactions with these two artists who, you know, you don't know how they see them in the first place. And then the joy that the artists have from, you know, just talking to, you know, people in a village Mm -hmm. and interacting with this individual, that individual. And it reminds us of something that, you know, I think is missing. We we don't engage uh, face-to-face enough anymore. Yes, and if if I can segue somewhat into, um, I think it's called Mirror Mirrors, mm-hmm. uh, Muriel Mirrors, and it's a film that she did in 1981, and it, I feel like it's a perfect companion piece to Faces Places because in that film, it's um, Agnes Varda traveling to Los Angeles and basically exploring the various murals, murals that are... Um, all over Los Angeles and talking to the actual artists. So whereas Faces and Places is very much about the the subjects, um, this film is about the, the creators and what the art means, and especially in Los Angeles where you have tons of, of billboards and carefully curated messages, you see the beauty with the murals, whether it be um, starting from graffiti or to elaborate... Um, pieces that talk about Einstein and like his Mexican heritage and how the invention of the light bulb leads to film all in one big canvas on a wall, uh, and it and it's 
it was really great. Like it, it was one that surprised me because I thought, okay, it's just going to be another art doc. But again, it filled me with so much joy. And it was, it was interesting because there's a lot of layers to the art. Like she, she talks to um, Latin artists, African-American artists, gets the full spectrum in Los Angeles. And I didn't realize how much art was on the wall in, in LA. Right, I, I yeah. haven't been, but if, if I do go to LA now, that's going to be one of my missions just to like walk around and see yeah. the, the, the various arts because it, it was, it was fascinating. And, you know, she, she has this, a way of getting even the most seemingly simple person to say something profound but in a way that they're not trying to be preachy or they're just talking normal and like what their inspiration is. And you, th- and you think about life in a completely different way. Yeah. Yeah. You see that in faces, places and, you know, in that film and, and in her other films, it's, it's this, just this down to earth way. And it's part of that, you know, why I like the, the name of the series so much radical empathy is like, it's part of that empathy. She has this compassion and this genuine interest in, in just, regular people you know she doesn't have to only be talking to jr uh, she's fascinated uh you know by the guys that you know in the um, in the bar talking about you know in the village mm-hmm. and they're all at the cafe bar kind of thing and and she she gives people a chance and she 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 shows them that she's got the respect for them which i think makes them so comfortable and um and she she just brings up things that you know get them thinking and then that's how you know when you're that comfortable that's how these profound things do come out and it's it just it, like again a lovely reminder that just the everyday the most pedestrian things in life that you can think of actually do have a poetry of their own it's just too we're all too busy to stop and realize it yeah that you know a chance encounter on the street can be something incredibly poetic and the, and the last thing i'll say about that film is you know now we're we're talking a lot about um, representation and diversity in art and the importance of it. But when you watch that film, it's like she was promoting this in 1981. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. she was ahead of her time even then, trying to to get the word out and show how important it is for various communities and people to see themselves and how it inspires other generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Uh, it makes me think of this film uh, that uh, that I saw called The Gleaners and I. And I, I, I watched it for a second time recently to to talk about it about it here, and it's the same process. Um, but it's it's interesting how it it starts more deliberately in um, art, like art history. It, uh, the film takes its inspiration from Jean-François Millet's 1857 painting called The Gleaners, and it depicts three peasant women picking through the leftovers in a wheat field after a harvest. And that's what, where the term comes from, gleaning, oh, right? Okay. So when, you know, when the, the major harvest, like the major part of the harvest, which is cutting things down, goes through, um, people you know, they, that were peasants, like they were so poor that they learned that you can't waste a single anything. So whatever fell, whatever, you know, if, it's, if it's useful as grain, you pick it up. And so that's, you have people you know, doing that. And uh, so taking that and taking that concept as an idea as mm-hmm. well and taking it out into the, the regular world uh, where, in fact, in France... This, this is still happening after a harvest, after any kind of, like, uh, it doesn't have to be wheat. It's apple picking, um, ca- cabbage, after the cabbages get picked out of the field, 
um, there's this this kind of like common law. It's not written like as a law, but it's kind of like this common law thing that says that after the harvest is officially done, uh, other people are entitled to go and glean the rest. So you, you watch people who depend on this, people who feed their families, going you know to different fields and getting different kinds of like apples and, oh, wow. and cabbages and, and different kinds of crops and. Uh, and a, a lot of them, you know, are, are very poorly off, but this is the, the way. And, and uh, you see this kind of uh, pride, right, that they, you know, they worked for this. And, uh, and it's not a secret. And it's people know, but some people don't know. And so you, you, you see this, like, wonderful sort of interaction with people. And they're like, oh, you didn't know that you can go in this field? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just sort of like, yes, to tell your friends, like. It's not my secret. It's, you know, that's just the way it is. And she takes that kind of concept and, and then also brings it to art making and, and her process and an artist's process of going through, you know, what some people consider the leftovers or what some people consider not important things mm. or, you know, and, and bringing them together and making something special out of that. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was – I just found that really important, that, you know, after – as a guiding principle, you know, and it, and it goes with these other films where, you know, you sort of see her process and you, you see how she views humanity and, and her just her lovely worldview. Yeah. And her lovely art practice as well. It, it These films reminded me of her. Um, it took me back and helped me give a different layer of understanding to her fiction. I don't know if they're, they're, if you want to talk about another film before I launch into the fictions? Uh, well, you know what? Launch into the fictions because um, one that I will bring up it seems it's fiction but there's a weird blending of documentary yeah. and dare I say experimentation? I, I'm not sure but uh, Okay, that sounds good. Well, maybe maybe when I mention this one I, I don't mean to be going back um Chronologically, I'm going backwards chronologically. Mm, that's okay. <laughs> but that appears to be where we started. So, I mean, and as Agnes and Jr. did, well, let's do it. You know, let's just go with the way the conversation wants to go. Um, so, you know, thinking of, of a film called Vagabond, which, you know, all the films we're talking about are showing as part of this retrospective. Uh, Vagabond, uh, a very famous film by Agnes Varda. In, uh, so uh, The Gleaners and I, let me just tell you, was made in 2000. And uh, before I go in, into Vagabond, The Gleaners and I, you know, is a, it's, uh, it was one of her most acclaimed and popular films. Um, and there's a, a part two Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that until I saw the schedule. And I thought, oh, there's The Gleaners and I, too, which I have not seen. So uh, I think that's going to be really fascinating. Um, but what the documentaries, like, thinking back onto the the fiction now, I can see how she progressed, you know, the other way. And it's in hindsight, you sort of look back and go, aha. All the steps were, were there. Yeah, all the steps yeah. were there, yeah. And whether you go backwards or forwards is still fascinating. And uh, so Vagabond was also, you know, one of her most famous films, uh, winner of the Golden Lion that year in 1985 at the Venice Film Festival, you know, which is 
a high honor indeed. And it won a, a lot of uh, awards you know, worldwide for the film and for the actress uh, Sandrine Bonaire, which was, this was her stunning debut, but, uh, well, no, it was not her debut, but after her stunning debut, um, this just launched her into stardom as, a, as an actress. And it's a story of, uh, it starts at the end, like we have started at the end. This story of, of Vagabond starts at the end where a woman is found frozen to death. And then the film goes backwards in time to, to let us know who this person was, to, you know, to let us uh, into, into the details of her life and, and get us, let us get to know her. Mm-hmm. And it does so through flashbacks. But what's interesting is that a lot of the flashbacks are done documentary style with, you know, a talking head, a person who knew her. And it's a mix of uh, fiction. And a lot of it, you know, is is non-professional actors. So it takes on this sort of realism, uh, the style and also the way, the manner, because the, the professional actors are not speaking like professional actors, when they do their part in the flashbacks, when they do their part in as a talking head. So there's this mix of fiction and documentary that starts to happen just in the f- look and feel of the film, even though it's a fictional character that they're talking about. Oh, wow. So do, um, this is one that's high on my tesila. So without spoiling too much, do, um, I guess do these subjects kind of reveal what leads up to yes. the incident? Okay. Yes, and then it, it, it's also they have reflections on her. So in terms of their reflections on the person, on the incidents, you know, it gives you like a, a more complete, like a, you know, it's not just them telling you p- bits and pieces. The whole thing comes together, and it's this like rich portrait of an individual and, and her journey, what happened, you know, mm-hmm. in her story. Um, which if I can also jump back to uh, a famous film of Agnes Varda's, her second feature, and it's it's her most well-known fic- fiction feature, I think. It's called Cleo de Cinq à Sept, Cleo from Five to Seven. And this was in 1961. So around the time that Truffaut and Godard and everybody was doing their thing, uh, this, you know, this was when Varda made this film. And uh, it's about a, a young woman, and it's it's a very simple concept. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a, it's about this woman, uh, Cleo, and uh, she's you know cabaret singer, and uh, she has been given um, she's had a test that that it, it could possibly be something serious, and but she has to wait. So this is her waiting, and while she's waiting, she goes through you know certain events. Like she she meets up with, uh, she has a practice. She meets up with her friends, tries to practice um, having you know a singing session, uh, and, and then most of the time she's wandering the streets and waiting. So it it you know in the in the context of what we were talking about in Varda's documentary um, cinema, this is where you can. It takes on a different level. Not only is it a, a transition, you see the transition of the woman from this, this you know, silly kind of, you see, a, a, just a woman uh, who is um, more interested in looks, not, not yeah. very deep. Tends, uh, to, tends to over-exaggerate certain things. She likes to be the 
at least at the beginning, the focal point. Exactly. You know, likes to create a lot of drama to get attention. To get attention and have friends tease her about that, right? But it's it's real this time. Like she actually does have something dramatic going on because of this this test. You don't know the results and she doesn't know the results and it could be serious. And so, you know, as she's as the film progresses and as she's wandering around and, and encountering different people and doing different things and then the encounters just take on a, a, a different tone and a different level of, you know, uh, a little, it's a little bit more serious. And you, it's almost as if she matures, you know, like she goes through a process herself. But what I found ex- extra interesting on top of that, you know, which is what, what happens in fiction, is that now I can see just how much Varda shot her in a certain context in uh, she shot her in certain ways on the street, surrounded by people. She shot her in certain ways encountering strangers, like Varda herself later in Faces Places, or in murals, you know, the murals film, and, and then others in Gleaners. Like, so, so this character is now encountering, she's having, you know, in the fiction world, chance encounters with individuals that are affecting her. She's affecting them. The more the, the film progresses, the more she affects the other people, you know, as she starts to mature throughout the course of the film. Yeah, and it's... What I liked about this is the film is, if I'm not completely black and white, except for the, the scene where she goes to a fortune teller, mm-hmm. and they show the cards in color. And yeah, the that, cards pretty much dictate... Not, you know, what's going to happen in her, her life in the future, but what is going to uh, what's going to happen over the course of the film. So they talk about how she has a for example, she has a, a, a close friend who isn't really um, good for her. And it turns out that that's her, I guess, her maid or her assistant. Yes. Um, and like, you know, she'll she she's in love with a man who is never around and you realize that, well, that's the boyfriend who never really has time for her. Um, what really struck me about this film was the character starts off, as we said, um, almost somewhat silly and um, extravagant. But as as the film progresses, you realize that, you know, she is a person with a with a deep soul. And you start to notice that as she's saying it, a lot of the people don't take her seriously. At the, especially at the beginning, yeah. Especially at the beginning. And, you know, as a woman in that society, um, she talks even being about being a musician and how they're, you know, basically puppets for, you know, um, singers are puppets for the for the music industry, which is pretty much male-dominated. Yes, and it's yes. it's fascinating because you think the film is going to kind of be light and fluffy, but it gets deeper and deeper, and then it starts getting into the Algerian War and you know the nature of war and and life and yeah. you know what we take for granted it's 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 a wonderful film like, yeah. it's really well constructed and just the the like I was thinking about the film a lot afterwards also with most of her films though, I was I was thinking about but this one in particular just cuz it was my first experience with it um I was re- just really taken by it yeah uh, it, it 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 seems so simple on the surface mm-hmm. but uh, it takes you, and before you know it, your your vision of her, everything is transformed. She's transformed. Your experience is transformed. There's a you you get a deeper understanding, and 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 this is just 
Varda's way of, you know, she takes you along on a journey, and before you know it, you're transformed yourself. Yeah, and I like that her styles are are different. Like, there's one last one I'll talk about is, um, I think it's called a documenter, uh, an emotion picture. Mm-hmm. And okay, so this is the one you're, you're saying. Yeah, this is the one that, again, for me, I think because um, after seeing Cleo and some of the other ones, uh, I wasn't anticipating this film. So I didn't quite know how to take it because there's a lot going on. And the film is only 65 minutes, if I remember. It's, it's really short. Wow. But it's, it focuses on a woman and her child who, like I said, later found out was um, the son is played by Varda's actual son. Um, oh, really? with uh, Jack Demi and she this woman is going through a breakup um, and she's trying to I guess restart her life as a as a single woman as a single mother and going through all those emotions and takes a job as a as a typist and then ends up encountering a documentary crew that kind of follow her around and it's so it's that kind of weird docudrama blend where some of the scenes you're watching and you're thinking, well, are those real people that she's interacting with or are they actors? And I think for me, because it was so short and it really is about emotion and, uh, you know, it asks you to think about when you look at other people and sometimes you wonder about their lives or what they're doing. And there's a lot going on, but it's so short that by time it and I wasn't sure how I felt about it because <laughs> I, I want to know a little bit more about um, this woman and, and her, her situation, but then you get just enough. And I, I read afterwards that I guess this film was made when um, Varda was having, I guess, a temporary separation from the or there was some ah, type of relationship okay. problem. So she's really pouring herself yeah. on screen. And, you know, when you get kind of snippets of, things that may or may not have happened in her relationship like there's just a lot of nuggets where i was like i want, I want a little more uh-huh. but, but did do you think the film was asking you to engage more like it was giving you right and that your questions about oh i want more i want more was it because the film was saying oh, you know i'm leaving a part of this up to you i, th- I am you know uh, sparking things in your imagination in your thoughts in your critical thinking i, th- I think so because it, i mean as much as it is about um, a relationship ending and, you know, at some point we've all been in a situation where relationships either ended or gone through rocky paths. But because there was that blend of quasi-documentary and drama, I, I don't know, I think I was kind of looking for something a little more straightforward than what I got with this film. And just because with the other films, even when she, she incorporates her her various styles i was able to kind of follow where the threads were going mm-hmm. and oh she's incorporating this particular angle or or this use of color as we said, talked for cleo whereas in this one things would happen and then the scene would transition to something else i was like wait I, i'm not sure what was i supposed <laughs> to you know and then there's senses were like oh this is really fascinating but then it cuts to a scene that didn't enthrall me as much and i, was, I kept thinking well i want to know more about what just happened <laughs> so i i, I think Maybe because it was my first time encountering the film, mm-hmm. um, and I'm interested to revisit it because I think if I if I watch it again, I'll probably get a lot more yeah. out of it because I understand now. Okay, this is what she was doing at this particular moment, and and whatnot. But again, it's her style is fascinating. Like you know, this this series 
has made me want to dive even further. And I know there's <laughs> there's a whole bunch of films playing. So exactly, yeah. And did you find like that what you felt about uh, documentary? Like, did you find um, that just in general, each film, you know, it gives they give so much. She gives so much, and presents so much, and uh, the process is so much fun being with her. But do you find I find that that she also demands like. I will get more satisfaction out of the film if I engage more with it. Did you find that? Hmm, that's a that's an interesting Each film. Any in, film of hers. I don't I I think all of them I was I was really engaged. Like she she, she hooked me that quickly. She, yeah, but does she, do you find that she uh re- asks you to do a little bit of the work with her? And it's not work. It's, it's like, not work. I think I like think what be, she does be part of the process. Yes, I think she, I think she respects um, the viewers' intelligence and in that they will understand or at least piece together things. Like none of her films are are straightforward to the point where you're, you can almost like turn off your brain and watch mm-hmm. because there's always an, so many elements going on that you're you're constantly being engaged and being an active participant in in the story. Um, so I, I, I guess in, in that case, yes, it does, it does pull you in, you know, and you, of the ones that I've seen so far, there's been nothing where I could just kind of go, oh, I'll sit back and think like even documentary, which I was so, so on, I, I still thought a lot about, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and I, I wouldn't say, oh, it's, it's a bad film or anything. It's just, no, I, I want to see it again. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> there's just certain things where it's like faces in places, you know, uh, and uh, Cleo from five to seven, and even um, the murals one. I uh, murals one. I was completely. Oh, I love this. Yeah, yeah. I love this. But again, I'm still working throughout. Whereas, um, an emotion picture. I was like, I'm interested. I don't quite <laughs> love this, but I might be able to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back and work with this one a little yeah. close, more closely. And I know, like, again, she has a, a bunch of features playing in shorts. And, you know, so far from my limited experience with her, I haven't seen a bad film. No, um, no. So there, it's... There's so much joy in her cinema. And, I, and you know, when I was asking that question, I was thinking myself that, that um, I think the joy that I felt was uh, there's just nothing more satisfying than seeing something that is so well put together, but also, yeah, that you can't just dismiss as that. You know, okay, that was fun. Mm-hmm. It's like no, it 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 stays with you. It 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 grips onto you. You grip onto. I gripped onto it, and then it's an experience that creates so much, such a level of joy in me because I'm engaged. Like I'm participating in it as well. Yeah, and as as you but mentioned, but it's like this is not meant to be. Sorry, not don't no, interrupt no, you, but not meant to be a turnoff to people or like, oh, this sounds difficult. It, it it's not like it's just it's part of the process. It's like being in a conversation. That's all. It's like yeah. being in a conversation with somebody you want to talk to. And and what I was going to say to to further your point is, the conversations are usually about simple topics. Yes. Like every, you know, all the films that we've described so far, you you can kind of create a synopsis in a few sentences that is just very easy to understand. A woman might be ill and is waiting for the results. Uh, you know, a, a woman is going through a breakup and trying to set her life. You know, they're talking to artists about the various paintings or people around the world. It's just very straightforward, but the films themselves aren't that simple. No, you know, they're, they're 
easy to to digest, but there's a, a lot of food for thought there. Yes, yes. Food for thought. Let's leave it there. Sounds good. Yes. Okay. So as you can tell, both of us really enjoyed the, the films that we've seen so far of, of Agnes Vardas. So we are definitely going to, uh, you know, be at the light box as often as we can. And uh, hopefully you will too. So tonight uh, it starts and uh, the, the whole retrospective. It's, uh, it's amazing and it's put together uh, by uh, the journalists at Clio. The editorial board put it together. Clio is a Toronto-based journal of film and feminism. And it took the name from, of course, Agnes Varda's film, Cleo, the one we were just talking about. Uh, so congrats to everyone there. And, uh, you know, on top of being like a great retrospective with, with a lot of thought and care put into the films and the descriptions, there's also um, a lot of different guest speakers who are going to be there to talk, you know, to share their insights and spark a discussion um, about uh, each film. So each night that uh, that there's a film, there's also going to be that. And on top of that, they've included the films of Jacques Demy, Agnes Varda's um, late husband. Late husband, mm-hmm. yeah. Who you know had a completely you know while while Agnes uh, Varda was was uh, sort of dealing with reality in all its forms, from the most you know, basic to the to the most magical. All the, the, the points in life, about life, Jacques Demy created this incredible cinema that was so artful and so fantastical, never stopping, though, never never hesitating to include a little bit of social criticism or, you know, or something like throughout that just sliced through that artsy but it's beautiful artsiness. They're the, mm-hmm. some of the most beautiful films and some of the most beautiful experiences as well. So it's interesting to see how this couple work together and sort of, um, you know, fed off each other. Yeah, encourage so, each other. Yeah. And yeah, again, and you can see it in the cinema, you know. Yeah, and the series, again, is running from March 22nd to April 17th. So that's plenty of time to go out and see as many films as possible. Right. So that's, And don't forget to go to tiff.net and you'll get all the info there. Okay, that's it for us. On behalf of Courtney Small, I'm Barbara Goslavsky, and I'd like to say thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time.